Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined on the phone from Austin, Texas by Nick Kruger. Nick, how's it going today? Oh man, I'm doing great. How are you guys? I'm feeling great. And of course, in uh, lovely Miami, Florida, Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going? It's good, man. There's tornadoes around here, though. So it wasn't so lovely in the last few days. I think uh, a roof blew off a building in Hialeah and, you know, it's been a whole thing. Yeah, well, we, we had our own scares here in uh, in Georgia with some storms that I was out raking the leaves in the middle of, which uh, daring to rain, <laughs> daring the weather. But uh, we're one week from signing day, boys. So we want to remind everyone, check out Rivals.com. we got a ton of recruiting coverage, uh, everything that you need to get caught up on leading into signing day so you can be ready. And of course, uh, you know, if you're listening to this show, we encourage you to give us a review on iTunes and subscribe. We're also available on Google Play, Stitcher, and several other podcast apps. All right, let's get right into it. It seemed to be a hit last week when we predicted where guys were going to end up, and we're going to do it again this week. We're going to start, Nick, with a very controversial player in, in your region, Calevon Chason, I believe is how you say his name. Definitely uh, not, a, not, not a favorite of media types from what I gather. I, I heard a story yesterday where somebody called him, and he answered the phone, and they said, hello, I'm... I'm someone from X and X recruiting site, and he just hung up in their face. <laughs> real, I respect that. <laughs> real Carol Womack move straight from uh, my mom's playbook. Uh, probably slammed the phone down on the table after he did it as well. So, Nick, <laughs> what's going on with him? Give us, Get us up to date on his recruitment and tell us uh, well, what's going to happen so we can make our picks. Well, you know, Caleb Vaughn, too, I mean, that, that behavior is not unique this time of year. I mean, at this point of the career with a lot of these kids, they're all – you know, we talked about Najee last week. They're all kind of worn out over the whole recruiting thing. And he's really made himself a, uh, yeah, I don't want to say lightning rod, but, he, you know, he's really made himself a point of focus, you know, because he's been so elusive with the media. Lately, he's been pretty good about tweeting. Uh, all, all of a sudden, it's been a flurry uh, after, you know, a relatively low-key Twitter profile from him for the past, you know, for the better part of the fall. He's been more proactive about, you know, saying how excited he's been to go to LSU, to go to Texas, how good the visits have been. You know, and then, uh, but before, and speaking of that, you know, Twitter uh, updating process of his, I mean, it wasn't long ago that he posted, you know, one of these photo edits that we see all the kids do with, you know, split down the middle, half half LSU, half Texas, and he's in each, you know, each uniform. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, and he says, I'm only taking visits to my final two teams. It's LSU, Texas. Great. That seems to narrow things down. And then all, lo and behold, here he ends up in Boulder tweeting things like, uh, he's not trolling us saying that, you know, Colorado, uh, 2017 may be the pick for him. So, um, and you know, that's not particularly surprising either, considering the success that Colorado has had recruiting here. We've seen him actually, you know, obviously we've seen him have a few decommitments as, uh, some coaching changes have happened here and there, but generally speaking, I mean, the, the recruit attitude, uh, attitude towards Colorado has been pretty positive and for him to go out there and take that visit and, uh, enjoy himself out there. You know, that that seems to be like something, you know, not out of left field entirely, other than the fact that, you know, everybody had expected him to go to LSU or Texas. So are we make, are we going right into the predictions or am I just giving you the rundown? Yeah, well, yeah, let's make it. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, what your pick's going to be. We know uh, there was a lot that people are speculating on all sides, but you're the expert. He's from Texas. That's your region. Let's let's let you pick first. Well, my I mean, you know, I, I wrote in a story a, a little uh, last week. We're doing these, you know, similarly uh, predictive pieces, on, you know, on the website. I had I had written last week that I thought he was going to go to LSU. I still don't think uh, that changes course, you know, uh, it, just, despite 
the good time that he may have had in Colorado here late in the process. I, I think he'll still go to LSU. I think it's probably the best fit for him. Uh, you know, that relationship had been there for a long time. I thought, there was, you know, I, I wrote in that piece, I thought there was a moment where Texas may have stole his commitment. Something fell through, uh, you know, at the end of the fall there. Uh, and I think part of that had to do with, uh, you know, Coach Herman kind of moving from Houston to, to Texas there. And, um, you know, there was just a little too many, uh, too much in the way of moving parts. So I think I think LSU ends up being the pick again. I think that'll be a, a, the best fit for him, considering what my opinion of him as a player is. You know, I, I compared him to Arden Key. Uh, so I think when you look at the success, you know, he's a player that you and me are familiar with, Woody. I think when you look at the type of success that Key has had, uh, you know, Chasen can, uh, you know, repeat that for the Tigers should he go there. So I think that's the pick for him. All right, he'll be chasing quarterbacks in Baton Rouge. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> uh, Rob, what's your what's your pick? <laughs> you know, any time that I've ever, and anybody I know for that matter, has ever really gone online and had to preface a statement with "I'm not trolling here," I'm almost always trolling. Like I'm not trolling here, but dude, where's my car? Is the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> I don't think he's going to Colorado. Um, I, I and I don't know a ton about him, you know. Like you and Nick have dealt with him more than I have, so I'll stick with Kruger here, and we'll go with Team LSU. Yeah, I'm going to pick LSU as well. I think uh, LSU is really selling to a lot of these linebackers that they're going to get a lot of these highly ranked D linemen. And boy, if they could get him and Marvin Wilson, who we uh, who we uh, pontificated on last week, that would really be a huge a huge close to the to the uh, to the cycle for them. So let's move on now. Rob, you're on the stage for the next three as we went Florida heavy this week. James Robinson, the wide receiver out of Lakeland, Georgia, was or Lakeland, Georgia, Lakeland, Florida, was once a uh, five-star, the number one wide receiver in the country. He set, since slipped down. I believe he's down to Florida, Ohio State, and who, who's the third school? Oklahoma. Well, um, he's not. I don't think he's going to Ohio State. Um, okay. You know, I don't think that that's – uh, <laughs> that's not a relationship that's going to work out for whatever reason. Um, I believe that Florida is still pursuing him. Um, Oklahoma definitely is still pursuing him. I think Florida is the play. Uh, I think he, he was very, very high on Florida at the beginning of this. Uh, and then he kind of shifted to Clemson. Then Clemson kind of filled up and backed off of him. Uh, and then Florida, for whatever reason, thought it could slow play him. And that's kind of where Oklahoma creeped in. Uh, so down the stretch here, I think it definitely is Oklahoma versus Florida. I think uh, I'm pretty confident in saying that he's going to end up a Gator. Um, okay. So th- that was, it's interesting because there were times when he wasn't a take, he was a take. What, what do you think made it so interesting about his recruitment that, that people were cut, were sort of scared off. We know Lakeland has, has produced some interesting characters in the past dating all the way back to Freddie Mitchell and the, uh, the Pouncey brothers, Ray Lewis is from there. What, what, what do you think? I mean, is it just need that got him back into it or what happened? Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, if we're keeping it extremely real here as we do on the show, you know, he has, and I, I'm not sure it's a really a warranted reputation as a problem child. Um, I don't think that it's very, you know, I don't think that it's a secret that uh, colleges think that there are some undesirables around him. And, you know, he's got the dreads and the shells and the hair and the gold teeth. But I think that's kind of been exaggerated a little bit. I think that this has kind of been some bias on the way he looks. I think it's easy to vilify him. Um, so there's been some hesitation that's existed, you know, whether that's warranted or not is another conversation, but I mean, that has existed. People are worried about that. I think it's kind of faded off. I think that, you know, he's been able to keep his nose relatively clean and, uh, kind of show people that maybe, uh, you know, what they think is, is not accurate there. And that's why he's kind of been a take for Florida again. And I think he should end up in that class. Yeah. There are some kids every year that kind of somehow get a, 
a bad reputation or whatever among coaches, but you know, to the best of my knowledge, he's not been in, in, in any trouble. He's gone to the same school. I mean, uh, he didn't get kicked off his team like some other players we have ranked in the rivals 250. Uh, he's been very productive, and you know, honestly, when you talk to James, he's a he's just kind of a quiet kid. I mean, he's yeah. He's I mean, but you know back. how this works, Woody, and you know how it works too, Nick. If one person says something about you in the coaching industry, right, it becomes a, a narrative moving forward with everybody because coaches gossip. Um, so if one school decides you're a problem child, then all of a sudden eight other schools have heard you're a problem child, and they don't need facts to back that up. They just decide, you know. And I think that kind of happened with James. All right, so I think I'm going to pick the Gators as well, just because it makes the most sense. I mean, Oklahoma could use him, and I think he actually would be a great fit out there. Uh, but but Florida's been hanging around consistently for a long time, so I want to pick the Gators. Krug City, who you got? Uh, yeah, I'll go with Florida as well, even though a large part of my research uh, for this comes listening to you guys break things down. And for some reason, <laughs> my phone wasn't working for all of <laughs> what you guys were saying. So uh, I'll just go with Florida. Okay, well there you go. So now, Rob, <laughs> you're back on you're back on the clock again. Jerez Parks, another uh, uh, enigmatic, I guess would be the term to describe uh, Jerez. Kind of an unusual character. Um, once once said, called you Christopher, I believe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, he absolutely <laughs> did. Nice to Confident. see you, Christopher. Confidently called you Christopher too, like that was your name, even though I'm yeah. not sure there's one person who covers recruiting named Christopher down there, right? I think we're all named Christopher deep down inside. Um, he's, you know, Jerez Parks is greatest hits too. I mean, this is a kid that famously Andrew Ivins, who works for another network, and I were interviewing him when he still worked at Rivals. And Andrew was covering Notre Dame at the time and asked him, hey, Jerez, do you have a Notre Dame offer? And he just deadpans him and goes, maybe I do, maybe I don't. <laughs> and just no sold it, like not a laugh, not anything. Uh, it's also a kid that wears a 1985, you know, elastic Casio watch around in the year 2017, which I really respect. Uh, he's as close to a hipster recruit as we've got, I think. Uh, as far as where he'll land, I think he's always been high on Alabama, but I'm not supremely confident either way with this one. I think he could land at Florida. I think he could land at Florida State. I think he could land at Alabama. It's probably not Florida. I'm going to pick Alabama here because they've really kind of put on the helicopter press here with Saban going to see him late. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I wouldn't stake much money to it. I think Parks is a guy that could pull off a surprise down the stretch uh, and land somewhere else. But I think Alabama is probably the slight favorite. Yeah, he's interesting because he went down to the Army game, and by all accounts, I believe he measured in at about 6'2". We have him at 6'5". I, I, and then, you know, uh, our own Josh Hemholt was unimpressed with his performance down there, which uh, shouldn't come as a surprise uh, given he was ranked high. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I'm torn here. I'm actually going to pick Florida because Florida seemed like the smart pick. We know, I know Saban flew down there in the helicopter and did the thing where he gives a weird interview where he looks into the camera every seven seconds awkwardly. <laughs> uh, but, but I don't know why he does that, but uh, I want to, I want to quote, and, and this was kind of what spurred on this. I want to quote a recruit from Tampa that I was talking to this weekend at a camp where he said, coaches be weird, man. <laughs> said, you know, that's absolutely the truest statement I've heard yeah. all year. Coaches do be weird, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Gators. So Nick, that leaves you. I think it's a Florida Alabama fight, right? Is there are those Nick's only choices, Rob? Uh, you could pick Florida State if you wanted to, but it would be, you know, it would be a that'd be a that'd be a long shot pick. You know, I'd give you a, if I was booking this, which you should not book recruitments. I would uh, give you minus or yeah, I'd give you plus three fifty on it. Hmm. That's a potential new business. We might want to talk to uh, Yahoo Daily Fantasy about about, uh, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> All right, Nick, what do you got? What's your pick? Uh, man, you know, I, I'd love to take Florida State because I feel like there's always a couple of guys that they uh, that they pull out at the at the last second here to kind of uh, resolve for for a really nice class at the, at the end of each season. But you know, being that the odds aren't with them, you know, and I think Alabama is sort of you know gonna gonna be at their limits. I'll I'll take Florida as well too. There we go against Rob here. That's going to make things very interesting. Um, once again, Rob, boy, you're up again. Is where we're, all the Florida prospects are making things interesting for us. Mike Harley Jr., a guy who's really seen a meteoric rise, lit up the Army game during the week of practices. We've already we've had him ranked high for a long time. Uh, he's a guy that's a small slot wide receiver, uh, but boy, just electric with a ball in his hands. He had been committed to West Virginia for a long time, which made total sense because. He seemed like a perfect fit for their offense. It reminded me of some guys they've had in the past. Uh, he comes out, announces uh, he he's totally locked in. He's he's reaffirming his commitment, which is Rob's favorite news story. Which committed kid is still committed, and then he decommits. So so, what's going on, Rob? What happened with old Harley, and and where's he going to go? There is a story behind that, and I'm not going to name names here. Um, but for anybody in the know listening to this, they can infer that apparently, and I learned that this weekend. Somebody, uh, a reporter, advised him to come out and just say he was shutting it down to get people to leave him alone. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I won't point fingers there. It's, you know, not a very ethical move. (laughs) And But hey, you know, if you're going to listen to that, if you're going to start giving unsolicited advice to kids, I mean, what better business? It makes me kind of sick. But uh, So he did that. I think he was always had eyes for Miami. I think that in a lot of ways, Mike Harley is what we all wanted Sam Bruce to be. Um, I think he's going to be that undersized wide receiver that can do a lot of the same things Bruce can do. Maybe he isn't as thick, not even close to as thick, but you know he is in that mold of uh, really quick wide receivers that accelerate well and can make people miss and do a lot of different things. And when he does end up at Miami, and I think he is going to end up at Miami, I think it's a matter of time until he just announces uh, that's his intention. I mean, he would not have decommitted from West Virginia just to look around. He had Miami in mind, uh, and I think that's where he's going to land. Well, what about Nebraska, Rob? I thought they were in the mix there. <laughs> yeah, 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 they try to recruit Mike Harley with you know five days until signing day. Um, I don't think that's going to go well for them. This yeah, isn't California. I, I, this isn't California. Yeah, yeah this isn't Calabrasca. Uh, we're talking about Florigan or whatever the Oregon coaches are t- calling it. We'll get back to that later in the in the in the show. But Rob's going to pick Miami. I'm going to pick Miami too. And I honestly think, I don't know if he's making the right choice here. We saw Sam Bruce go to Miami. He had problems off the field. But, you know, in that offense, I, I don't know if Harley's the right fit. I think personally West Virginia would have been a great place for him to go. Um, but we'll see how he went out. He wants to stay home. And, and it's a big gift for Miami if and when they do get him. So I'm going to pick Miami, but I'm going to say, I'm a little nervous about uh, how he pans out there. So, Nick, what do you think? Uh, I'll take Miami as well. Okay, it's all about the U here on this. Uh... I'm throwing it up right now for at least the seventh <laughs> yeah. time. And I'll tell you what, if the Miami fan base does listen to this, Woody, you're going to have some people in your mentions on about... Twitter about saying that you think he's making the wrong choice. Boy, Miami fans have been offended by a lot less than that. Listen, look, if you're saying, okay – you know, what, what What do we think on Miami as a school or whatever? I have nothing against it. But for each play, each player, sometimes picking the biggest school or the best offer does not make the best football fit. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Um, and, and so that that just makes me nervous. I'm just a little nervous about it. The Miami fans do, do like this podcast. So uh, as long as that message board post doesn't get deleted off the board, we'll post it there and they can 
they can rip me uh, as much as they want. So, Not to sidetrack us here, but this is a favorite topic that you and I have had in, in past years. I just got a DM from Alabama's quarterback commit, Mac Jones, asking me if I was covering this all-star game that he was in. And I was like, no. He's like, so we're not going to get one last interview in? And I told him, I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> that, that, that's it for us, Mac. And he just responds, LOL. I'm like, no, it's over. What, Good luck. what, all-star, what all-star game is he in? Uh, whatever they're playing at Disney. It's like, the, isn't it like the USA versus the world or some like thing they're doing? Oh, I, you know what? I saw I saw the aforementioned Andrew Ivins tweet that he, or uh, send a Snapchat of like my office today. I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah, um, it's some game there. Anyway, what a jabron. That's a, uh, you know, have fun, have fun, uh, Mac. The ori- one of our original favorites almost got me kicked out of Dog Night. Uh, Nick was there to witness that too. So, um, but yeah, we'll never see you again. Mac. I do, I do so. enjoy Mac, but I will never see Mac again. All right. <laughs> um, all right. This this week, well, let's move on now to another topic. It's a typical Michigan PR week. Jim Harbaugh and the PR machine that is Michigan once again manipulating the national media first uh, riding in go-karts with Arby Solomon's little sister as we talked about last week uh, you know that was a fun experience we know that I recently had a tumultuous go-kart experience uh, with some with some uh, with some Greek uh, Greek people living here in America who didn't enjoy the go-kart experience when I was spinning them out as I was dominating as one would expect um, and then now Michigan's going to do spring practice in Rome and everyone's up in arms. I've seen a bunch of headlines about it, how it's ridiculous. M- meanwhile, every single college basketball team goes and plays random tournaments in the offseason in like the Dominican Republic or, you know, wherever. I mean, I remember Jalen Rose telling a story when he was at Michigan complaining about how they had to go to Europe to play. So uh, what do we think? Rob, we, this is you just got you written all over it. Well, first of all, can we get can we get Harbaugh as a playable character in a future iteration of Mario Kart, do you think? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. That's like that. You know what? That would be good. That would be a good addition to uh, to, to Mario Kart. Even though yeah, I have some. If there's any coach that's like sort of a video game character, it's kind of him, right? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> what's your what's your take on the whole situation? I mean, do you think this is just masterful PR? I mean, we know he's doing this. We know we know why he's doing it. But do you think is everyone just kind of in on it? What what impact does this yeah. even have? I think, you know, he doesn't need the PR now. You know, he's very, very talented at staying in the spotlight. Uh, We've talked about this on the show before. Everything he does is calculated to keep Michigan's name out there and keep recruits' eyes on them. And, you know, what kid doesn't want, hey, if I go to Michigan, not only do I get to play big-time college football and play for this coach that puts out this cool persona, but, hey, maybe I also get to go to Rome. Um, You know, it's it's all about recruiting with Harbaugh, and that's why Michigan is – on you know a program on the rise it's it's because he knows what makes kids go he knows how to attract kids to his school and he knows how to play the game and he doesn't mind playing it uh and he'll continue to do this and it's going to continue to work and we're going to cry and we're going to complain as we being you know old people in the media uh and he's just going to keep laughing uh until signing day and michigan's going to keep getting better and people are going to keep getting offended and i'm going to continue to laugh yeah, I mean, for us, you know, I think it's it's relatively enjoyable because it breaks up some of the monotony, uh, you know, in terms of, of the way he approaches things. I think one of the reasons why it works is because, you know, it fits more with his personality. I don't think, like, if you saw Nick Saban in a go-kart, I think it would feel forced, perhaps. No, because know? he would look miserable doing it, right? Like, Harbaugh at least puts out that, and I think it's genuine to the extent where he puts out this front where he's having fun doing all these things. Uh, and if it's not genuine, he's very good at selling it. Saban does not sell happiness well. 
Right. And it's interesting because a lot of the commits view view him as almost, they view Harbaugh as like a celebrity. The younger kids, you know, uh, a lot of times you'll be like, what was it like to meet Nick Saban? And they'll be like, oh, you know, it was good. We went to his office. We talked about stuff. When they talk about Harbaugh, they, they, their eyes light up. I mean, even when he was hired that year, we saw a bunch of kids talk about how they were going to take a last official visit late in the process and all that stuff. So he's got things rolling there. I think I do think they need to, you know, they need to have another a, a really good season on the field. They had a good season this year, but they need to get over the hump, get to the get to the Big Ten championship game, maybe win the conference and 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 get to a playoff in the next year or two to keep things rolling. Um, because eventually, I think you know that stuff would wear off if if it's not backed up with wins on the field. But I think he's done a great job so far, both recruiting and coaching. So I do um, enjoy how these how like. The old people, old reporters, uh, people old in this case being over 40 are split on this where it's like, whoa, look at this zany guy in Michigan doing these zany things. <laughs> and the other ones like bah humbug him. They don't really know how to deal with him, the old people. Uh, and anytime old people are confused or frustrated, I am very, very happy. Right. As, you know, as we get closer to old people, I'm wondering when I'm going to become more curmudgeon. I mean, I complain about a lot of stuff, but... Uh... <laughs> Not, 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 not on this vein. I mean, I saw one article that was like Jim Harbaugh to waste more money and take team to Rome. Like that was the that was the headline. <laughs> Some people are acting like he's taking money out of homeless people's like beggars' cups on the medians in Miami and, and taking it and paying for flights with it. Yeah, he's the Grayson Allen of of uh, college coaches, uh, in the opinion of some columnists. So. Uh, let's let's move on. We we last week I glossed over it because we were in the middle of the story with Oregon, uh, the new coaching staff there in indefinite hot water. First, uh, three players went to the hospital after uh, you know working a little too hard in the in the offseason workouts. There was a big story talking about how it was similar to to basic training, mil, you know, military style. Uh, the strength and coach gets suspended for one month without pay and now has to report to. A uh, different person, not Willie Taggart, uh, someone else in the Oregon Athletic Department. Then to make things worse, uh, this past weekend, uh, their co-offensive coordinator gets a DUI and uh, ends up getting fired or is in the process of getting fired. This school came out and released that five days after he was officially announced. Uh, boy, Nick, I guess we can talk to you to, to start about this a little bit. Could this could this be going any worse? I know they got a couple of commits from out in Hawaii, but yeesh, this doesn't uh, doesn't seem like a, a good start for our boy Willie Taggart out there in Eugene. Well, it could, it absolutely could go worse. I mean, we're not too far removed from the uh, Eric Plancher situation at UCF, as uh, we famously covered in in Naples. So when you're talking about players getting hospitalized, at least they're still <laughs> alive, I suppose. Uh, but you know, I mean, you're you're right from a you know from from all the other things that have been going on. It's really, it's really not a good look for Oregon. However, uh, it is, it, it's more, it's more attention than Oregon has gotten in the off season for, <laughs> in the past couple of seasons in general. I mean, they are, you know, you, you can say whatever you want to about how things have gotten off uh, to to start here for Taggart, but I think it's, you know, DUIs aside, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, indicative of the fact that he's really just trying to. Uh, supercharge some life into this program as quickly as possible as far as some of the other stuff that's been going on the new coaches uh you know the hard work in the off season and things like that and uh, you know and that's a program that needs it i don't think it uh you know may not have started coming from a good place but it's not it's not heading that direction but you know at the same time you know this is a this is a program that needed to change some things up i, I think maybe this is just an example of some things changing too quickly probably 
Yeah, what, what was interesting is I said, you know, I heard a lot of the, uh, the aforementioned curmudgeons and, you know, complaining about it. And it's a serious issue. Make no mistake. I, you know, we, as Nick mentioned, uh, we both covered Eric Plancher closely. He was a player who died at UCF during a mat drill workout. Uh, Nick, I was in Orlando when it happened covering the team. And then I transitioned to Naples where Nick and I worked together. That's where Plancher was from. So, you know, that was a disaster. It's still being fought in the courts, you know, 10 years later. Um, but the, the, the thought was, okay, this is going to have a big impact on recruiting. Parents aren't going to like this. And I think we all saw, and, and, and Rob, maybe you can speak to this more on Twitter. I mean, recruits essentially were laughing at the kids going to the hospital, like saying like, well, man, Willie's getting them whipped into shape. And a few parents and coaches I talked to felt the same way. I mean, did you see that as the reaction? And were you kind of surprised by that? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely the, the front-facing reaction, right? But, and there's always a but. And I mean, you've got to, it's one thing to laugh at it when it's happening in Oregon. Uh, it's one thing to laugh at it when you're a prospect. But if you're a parent actually sending your kid there, uh, then it's probably a little bit more concerning, I think. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these kids laughing were kids in Florida. And maybe the kids in Oregon that were actually thinking about going there are also laughing. I don't know. But it's not a huge possibility that a lot of those people are going to land at Oregon. So, you know, they can kind of laugh it off and maybe they would laugh it off even if they were going there. Uh, but I didn't, you know, I, I haven't spoken to their parents. I think that would be the bigger issue is will mom and dad be supportive of a move to Oregon? But, you know, I, they're out of the hospital now and it, they're not, this isn't going to last. This, this is one of those news stories that a year from now, should nothing else happen, I don't think anybody's going to remember that this took place. Now, if there's another incident or another two incidents, yes. But if this is isolated, this thing will be wiped from the news cycle very quickly, I think. Well, what if what if one yeah, of the, think, what if one of the hospitalized players comes back and helps them win the Rose Bowl? That's boy, that's the story that you're looking for. Eight months ago today, yeah, he was in right. a hospital bed. Now he's scoring the winning touchdown. <laughs> well, what was interesting was even uh, Taggart was spinning it already, saying, "Look, these guys who were in the hospital finished the workout, so they worked themselves to death while other players were quitting." So I thought that was an interesting uh, spin on it. I do think. They can't have anything else happen. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what anything, what what would fit the anything else possibility. But you cannot have anybody else. Uh, you can't have another coach get arrested. I mean, you're, you know, they're firing him with cause, I believe. So he's going to get, you know, he's he's out on his tuchus. Um So it's it's, I don't know. It's a nervous time if if you're an Oregon fan. I know a lot of them kind of jumped with that same defense of this is what they needed, but. You know, there's a way to get these hard workouts in without guys going to the hospital. Uh, I think we can all agree on that one. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on them as they close recruiting. They could close strongly. We know they're in for a lot of guys. As I mentioned, they just got a couple commits. So uh, we'll probably be talking about them next week. Now, boy, this this is what I want to talk to you guys about. It's We're coming down to the wire here. And uh, as much as Rob hates players com- tweeting saying that they're still committed, I think he might hate even more players having a hat ceremony where they put on a hat of the school they're already committed to. <laughs> and uh, we're headed that way with Jemias Williams, uh, you know, friend of the pod uh, for sure. Uh, he, he's, he's, down, he's down to yeah, his father once threatened Rob, which was interesting. Um, but, you know, he's had an interesting recruitment. He committed to South Carolina on TV during the fall now he took an official visit to Georgia this past weekend. He's visiting South Carolina this weekend, and he's having a ceremony on signing day, ready to, to announce a final decision. 
Jacob Phillips, who is actually a friend of the podcast, let us record an episode in his house at his dining room table. Uh, what a guy, him and his family. He's between Oklahoma and LSU. He will not be doing a, ha- a hat announcement or anything like that. But I wanted to talk about these late flips. I mean, how much can these kill a recruiting class? In my opinion, we've seen several go down in recent years. I mean, the Reuben Fosters of the world where if you think about if Auburn would have had Reuben Foster instead of Alabama, how much different would things be? So how much can these late flips kill a, kill a program, Rob? I want to I wanna point out that I don't have a problem with the hat ceremonies. Be committed or uncommitted. I don't care. Do whatever you want. My problem is with the people that cover these things. Like it's news. Like Sam Bruce, for example. I, everybody in the world knew he was going on a radio show to announce a final decision. He was already committed to Miami. Everybody knew he was going to Miami. He announced that he's still going to Miami, and people write these breaking news stories. Sam Bruce reaffirms his commitment to Miami. Breaking news thing that's been happening for a year is still happening. It's not, you know, it's not man bites dog. It's I, I don't know. I don't know why it's covered like that. Uh, if it wasn't covered like that, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Jeremiah can do whatever he wants. You know, he can have a. He can be committed and have a ceremony where he unveils a horse with the uh, logo of the school he's chosen painted on the side of it. It does not bother me. It's just, you know, the way it's covered is is head-scratching. And I know well, I didn't so answer your question whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, so let's talk about losing guys late. I mean, yeah, and like I said, the Foster's a perfect example. We've seen other guys that, that just kill kids because not only do they lose out on the player – they haven't had a chance to replace them. I mean, and that I think that's what the real killer is. Yeah, it's what's uh, going to happen to West Virginia with Mike Harley. Um, you know, they lost him last week, and that's still very late in the process. And later than that is even harder. Um, and, you know, it definitely happens. And depending on, you know, it sometimes can be a blessing or a curse. But, you know, losing a kid on signing day is killer uh, because then you're left with no chance. Yeah, and, and, and or you're left trying to trying to find one of these late qualifiers or something like that. Um Personally, I still think I still think Jemais is going to stick with South Carolina. I can't say the same for Jacob Phillips. I, I really have I really don't know at this point what he's going to do. Um, Nick, you got any late flippers or that we're watching in Texas? Uh, come back to me on that one. <laughs> flip flipperuskis. Uh, well, it's you know it's not a big deal. I I I think you know well, to Rob's our, point. Our fr- you know, not, it wasn't too long ago. Uh, our, our friend, you know, speaking of Oklahoma, our friend uh, Charleston Rambo, who I haven't had to talk uh, talk to yet, but he did take an official visit to Florida after being committed to Oklahoma for some time. And I think I think when you're talking about the the real gut punch, when you're talking about guys that flip late, it's really like, for example, like Oklahoma's class. I mean, they had you know co- coming into the fall, they had like 18 kids committed or something like. I mean, they already had a pretty good sized class of kids that had been committed for some time, um, and we saw like a, a CD Lamb decommit and recommit. But but for the most part, I mean, they had their class intact for some time, and and to have that sort of situation, and then to ha- and then to lose guys late in the process, that that's really where the gut punch comes in for me. I think it's not guys that you know that you you've been seeing sit on the fence for some time, and you're not sure about, or guys that you picked up a month ago or at the end of fall. You know, I mean that that's real. That's really the sad story because it's almost a you know these 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 guys once they once they all get committed to each other and they all start talking to each other. You know, they really they really form a, a pretty tight bond, and then to see you know more than just the fans, you know, to see these guys flip late is really uh you know it's really <laughs> something to watch play out amongst all these other kids. So so we <laughs> we move into National Signing Day. Things are going to be hectic. That'll be uh, when we produce our next episode. When the three of us are hanging out, we're doing a show. Uh, uh, well, I don't God. want I don't want re- I don't record want recording the podcast to distract us from our work. So maybe we won't be doing that or. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I've, uh, based on, I see a lot of people doing other people's podcasts this week, so I don't think it'll be that distracting. Um, it might be distracting for Nick because uh, based on this sheet, he has to host uh, large portions of this on the Rivals Facebook page on Facebook Live. But me and Rob will be messing around in our personal periscopes and uh, getting on everybody's nerves, uh, as is usual, uh, by sticking a camera in their face. So, what do you guys think? Who who are we nervous? Who are we nervous about that's going to create the most drama or maybe ruin our good day and then keep us from going out and having a good time on Wednesday night in NYC? My money's on Aubrey Solomon. I think there's a possibility he just doesn't announce uh, on signing day and, and really makes me. Uh, sweat bullets as I'm thousands of miles away with, with no way of reaching him or getting any information. You guys got any predictions on who, who, who could, who could provide some drama or, uh, or, uh, be the person who becomes that storyline? Well, you know, you know, we've, we've mentioned a lot of the usual suspects already on this show. You know, obviously Jerez Parks is, is a po- always a possibility because it is impossible to know what that guy is thinking. Uh, there's a chance that he does something insane. James Robinson, who knows with him, you know, he's another one that it's like, who, what if, you know, Clemson decides late that they want to take him, then I, I don't know what happens, you know, that, that, then that can start something up. Um, then you've got a guy like AJ Davis who has never known where he's going to go. He's a running back, James Robinson's teammate, a, uh, four-star running back who is maybe Louisville, maybe North Carolina, but you know, his coach once famously told me that he will commit to the last school that gives him a pair of gloves. <laughs> so He's one that could really make my day interesting. Uh, but those are three of them. You never know what's going to happen with Mike Harley. I think that he should just announce for Miami and sign with Miami, but you know, he's a possibility too. Uh, Nick, you got any uh, drama Queens down there? I know, uh, <laughs> I know you're nervous. I, I, you have to be, especially not, you know, being only doing this for, for nine months in that, in that region. Anybody you think might go past signing day or have a lost letter of intent or anything like that? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm j- just going down a list of guys that, uh, you know, we're still we're still waiting to hear on commitments from. I think, you know, I, I don't have a real large list. I mean, and the guys that the guys that are involved on that are, you know, sort of guys that don't create a ton of drama for themselves. I mean, obviously, everybody's waiting to see what goes on with Levi Jones. He took all of his official visits in short order. Uh, here down the stretch, you know, both both of the big, well, I shouldn't say both, uh, Florida and Florida State are uh, in the mix there. Texas A&M's really trying to make a late push. I think those are the top three with him. Um, but I don't, you know, I, I don't think he's a huge drama queen so much as he just, you know, just hasn't really said a whole lot or made a big deal about anything. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's not always like, you know, using the word drama queen, which is kind of a sexist term anyway, maybe we shouldn't use that, but using that term, it's not always them, you know, sometimes it's just like circumstances. It's, right. you know, I don't think James Robinson is a drama queen, so to speak. I just think that there's a chance that somebody heats up on him at the end and then all of a sudden he needs to step back and, and reevaluate. And, you know, the same goes for AJ Davis and some of the other players I mentioned. I don't think that Jerez Parks is a drama queen. I just think he's eccentric like I am and a little bit weird, uh, which is cool. Well, as Woody Womack will tell you, if you give if you give if you give somebody a deadline, they have up until that deadline to make their decision, and you don't <laughs> you shouldn't expect anything less from yeah. them. Yeah, deadline. Listen, do not do not tell me a deadline is Friday, January twenty seventh, and then start at, be telling me you need audio on Monday, Dave Barry. Um, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's a deadline for a reason. That's when things go dead, and it's on the line. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys on that one. And far be it from Rob, you know. Speaking of a drama queen, uh, st- stirring up stirring up issues with the wor- with the word drama queen. I might do well, it. It's a it's it is a little bit of a problematic phrase. That's all I'm saying. But we can move on. 
<laughs> You're being a drama king about this right now, Rob. Yeah, yeah, jeez. What, what is a, uh, what's a non-binary term for a person of royalty? <laughs> I think it's just um, they and them, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're moving on. Tweet of the week before we get in any more trouble. Nick, Nick might have to cut this anyway. You subtweet people all the time. You're nothing but an embarrassment. Uh, tweet of the week. We don't have any, no, no interview this week. No, why are you always lying? Even though that was, that was highly, uh, highly rated by, uh, some people on Twitter. So let's jump into the people, tweet of the week. people, people are saying that, you know, it was the most highly rated, uh, segment in the history of the show. You know it. I know it. Everyone knows it. That's what people are saying on the internet. <laughs> exactly. So tweet of the week time, uh, really not a thick, not a, not a deep pool this week, but, uh, here in the city of Atlanta, we had a lot of excitement over the Atlanta Falcons making the Super Bowl. Uh, as many of you know, I could care less or c- couldn't care less, couldn't care less about uh, the result of that game. But uh, Desmond Geis uh, at Geis7 said, some of y'all folks tweeting about the Falcons and I haven't seen you all year. Uh, which prompted Trey Person, who recently committed to Michigan State, to say, this me, but I'm from Atlanta, so it don't matter. 100 emoji. <laughs> So, they, they, well, I, know, I, really, I, I know where really I know where Rob stands on this. Given the fact that he, on any given day, he may be a New York fan, a Kansas fan, uh, where else have you lived that you might you know, be a fan of? Hold so, on, hold on. In, in what world? I've never been a fan of any team that wasn't the New York Mets. Kind of go you. Well, you know, I mean, you you've donated more money to the Marlins uh, on casual day games. Well, no, than, I, than I have. No, hey, it doesn't make me a fan. I am a I am a Marlins season ticket holder because I live close <laughs> to the stadium. I'm I'm used to I'm used to living this jet flying limousine riding lifestyle, Kruger. I know you wouldn't understand that, but you know, sometimes when you've got disposable money that you can just light on fire, you'll buy season tickets to to a team that you're not a fan of, and I'll go to the Mets games, and you know, I'll drink champagne and sit with the honeys and and do whatever yeah, it is rich people nice. do with the ballpark. You hope that mediocre money that you make it rivals is good enough for you for the rest of your life. I, I believe you're also a Panthers fan earlier this year. I think is that was that over? No, I'm still I'm still <laughs> watching the Panthers. I but I've never had an NHL team before. So like I've never really. I'm still trying to learn. Well, I think you I should be an Islander. Hockey. Aren't you an hockey Islanders is fun. or a Rangers fan? Isn't that where you're from? I would have I, I been had I still been living in New York. But it, it's hard to it's hard to make the commute to the Barclays Center. Well, no, South just Miami buy season tickets to the Panthers, and every time the Rangers come to town, you'll go to that game and. Wait, no, this is there's a different situation. If you were taking up a sport and living in and living in a city where it's like, all right, what if I decided I was a rugby fan? Uh, would I have to would I have to be fan of the New York rugby club because I was born in New York or could I take up the Miami rugby club down the street? Well, listen, okay, we, we, I don't want to get too into this as as Nick was once a, a San Jose Earthquakes fan, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't you hold on? Didn't you sell out the Buccaneers for the Jaguars too? Boy, you better make sure your own house is in order before you start coming and throwing stones at mine. No, I've never, I've never, no, I've, I've never been anything other than a Jaguars fan. Everybody knows it. It's well documented. <laughs> well, this turned into a this turned into a fight over bandwagon fandom. But guess what? Uh, you know, I don't want you guys to start calling each other fat tricks or anything like that. Um, fat tricks. You'll be happy to know that. Uh, that Webster's Dictionary uh, describes drama queen as a person who habitually responds to situations in a melodramatic way. So it's boy, not... but I mean, it is coded language, though. Why? Why the word queen at the end there? Well, I don't know. I mean, 
yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go too too far down the hole on this one. But anyway, let's move on. It's time for rants and recommendations. We're well ahead of schedule, and uh, boy, I don't know if we got a whole lot of rants or recs uh, based on the sheet here. But I'll start us out. Guess what, guys? I've seen you know any given Sunday running a lot on HBO. Uh, Bill Simmons over at The Ringer did a podcast where they inducted him into the Sports Movie Hall of Fame. And I decided, you know, when I watched it originally, I thought it was the, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I, But, you know, maybe I was a jaded teen at that time. So I thought, I'll give it another shot. I watched it again. And it is, I mean, I think you can both attest to the amount of text messages I sent about it and how mad I was. It's, it's a brutally horrible movie. I mean... There are some small aspects where I could see, okay, they talk a lot about concussions and stuff like that that wasn't being discussed at the time. But there was one play where there was a big hit and a guy's eyeball came out and was laying on the field. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> never seen that before in my life. <laughs> I mean, I've been to a lot of football games, but I've never seen an eyeball come out and lay on the lay on the turf. That this movie sucks. It's not. It doesn't belong in a sports movie hall of fame. There are several other better. Sp- I'd rather watch the Billy Bob Thornton Bad News Bears a hundred times than watch any given Sunday once. So get out of here, any given Sunday. You stink. Uh, who's next? What do you guys got? I, I, I wish I had something positive. I, you know, I, I really don't though. Uh, as far as complaints go, I'm getting real sick of people appropriating Ric Flair. Uh, that's been a, what's on my nerves recently, and it's it's. I don't have a problem with it, but it seems to be used as like a reaction gift a lot. And wrestling in general, it's like the same people and one that works at our company, and I won't say his name, that will spend you know time mocking Kruger myself for enjoying wrestling. We'll use it on Twitter because, you know, Ric Flair's cool on Twitter and people laugh at Ric Flair and it's funny. But, you know, you get him away from the internet and all of a sudden wrestling is the dumbest thing. How do you watch it? But I, I really, it really, really kind of irks me when people appropriate wrestling in that manner. Yeah, I don't know. This is, a you know, you guys are the big wrestling fans. I, I wouldn't say I make fun of you about it, but I don't, you know, I'm not really into it either. But I, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't get the Ric Flair. Ric Flair is a big for hipsters right now. Um, and unfortunately for you guys, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I think you might have to, to trash the Ric Flair shirts, Rob. What do you think? Yeah. You yeah. I, I, yeah. Maybe on occasion I've moved on. I've been wearing a Randy Savage shirt recently. I have a Shinsuke Nakamura shirt I wear, which if you're talking real hipster wrestling, then we're talking, you know, X, you know, Japan pro wrestler now in NXT kind of. So once he becomes hip, I'll have to move on. I got to stay a step ahead of these internet wrestling wannabes. Yeah, I, I've switched to uh, to wearing. Uh, I've been wearing a lot of Lion King shirts lately, so <laughs> we're well off. Uh, wait, the and they're getting ready to re-release that too, so you better get in your wearing now because that's gonna. Oh <laughs> no, I didn't. Know, I didn't realize that. Oh man, um, I got a recommendation, Nick. I don't know if you have anything this week, but uh, I recently watched the movie Joshi on Hulu, uh, starring uh, I think his name is Thomas Middleditch. It's the guy from uh, Silicon Valley. Nick Kroll is in it. Um, Aubrey Plaza's in it, a few other, uh, Jenny Slate, a bunch of funny people that if you recognize any of those names, uh, they've been on several TV shows that you've liked kind of a, kind of a sad movie, but, uh, definitely one that I enjoyed had its moments. Uh, you know, I think it's kind of like an indie film or whatever it's available on Hulu. I would uh, highly recommend checking it out. I watched it this past weekend, really enjoyed it. So Krug City, you got anything? Uh, yeah, just r- very quickly. Uh, my wife and I recently watched the first two episodes of Young Pope, despite Rob's recommendation. Uh, oh, uh, on the- <laughs> and uh, I didn't, uh, you know, 
I, I'm willing to see where it goes. You know, it's not a rant or recommendation on my part yet. My big rant this week is my phone and or headphones uh, causing me to hear maybe only about 30 to 40% of this podcast. Uh, so I apologize for my own poor performance this week. Uh, if that's what it comes across as, because I just really couldn't hear anything that you guys were saying. But did you get the point of the young Pope when he watched it? It's about a Pope, but he's young. He's a young Pope. He's hot, too. Yeah. He's very hot. That's well, a huge lie. Yeah, I know but, it's, it's a very deep concept. No, no, it's, a, it's a show called The nah, Young Pope about a Pope that's young. Yeah, but I don't think the hotness factor has really come into play through two episodes yet. I, we we got to wait and see. You know, yeah, I'm sure HBO will exercise subtlety and not and not bring that into it whatsoever. <laughs> I'm sure that won't happen. <laughs> well, I actually, uh, I don't know. I actually, ha- I have heard it's pretty good, but uh, the name has has scared me away as well. Uh, as I just finished up watching season four of Vikings, so I guess I shouldn't talk. Uh, I also love that there's there's a 2018 wide receiver in Miami named Mark Pope, who I'm just starting to refer to as the Young Pope. <laughs> that is a good nickname, the Young Pope. Yeah, you know who knows how old Mark Pope is. As he's <laughs> he might be the old Pope. <laughs> yeah, he's the old Pope as he's switched grades a couple times, I believe. Uh, good job by you, old Marky, though. Um, anyway, I think that wraps it up for us. Big news, as I said, we're going to be all over Yahoo Sports. Uh, we're going to be on Facebook Live. We're going to be on Periscope. See uh, our mugs. Hopefully, we'll be wearing some type of suits. Chances are, we'll be wearing uh, polo shirts. Either way, uh, you know our faces will look good regardless. So, check us out. Check out rivals.com, and uh, we'll be back hopefully with a few episodes next week. Look, at my invitation stands for people. If you're in the New York City area for the Royal Rumble on Sunday and you want to watch it, my friend's bar is hosting a viewing party, and you can come with me, and we will watch wrestling together and be awesome. Yeah, so it sounds like a great time. I, I may or may not make an appearance. Uh, probably, probably not. So uh, I'll be I'll probably be muling at that time. Uh, so anyway, that wraps it up. We'll see you next week. Play us out, dude.